who's the best example and most inspiring example of generosity that you've ever known? Hmm. We have a great example here in this chapter. Yeah. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. We're here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'll start. All right. Verse 1. I really don't know what to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. So he he spends a couple of chapters on this. He's giving matters, giving matters in the Christian life. And for those that don't like churches talking about giving, man, it's, you're you're so missing out. One thing I have learned is that of all of the Christian disciplines, I think this produces the most rapid spiritual growth of any of them, Mm -hmm. because the only way for us to break that sense of greed and self is when we sacrificially give towards others. Yeah. There's yep. something about the act of generosity that does something that produces spiritual growth. And the very last verse of this chapter, Paul really gives a whole reason as to mm-hmm. why that's even true. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Verse two, for I know how eager you are to help. And I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you and Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. I I have to wonder if Paul was using a very practical tool here to to get them inspired, and that is competition, some healthy right. competition, because yeah. the Macedonians who were poor lived just a little bit north of the Corinthians. They're mm. you know they're all part of the whole region of Greece. The Corinthians were Greek as well, and they the Greeks tended to look down upon the northern Greeks, the Macedonians. Yeah. So he's saying, hey, these Macedonians, they're doing way better than you. That's some healthy competition there. Well, it sounds like Paul was in was in Corinth here, where this church is at, and they said, Hey, we want to give toward our, you know, brothers you in know, Macedonia yeah. and or, or Jerusalem. In Jerusalem yeah, yeah, in Jerusalem. We want to do that. And then he goes to Macedonia and they're like, Oh, we want to give as well if Corinth is giving. And then they outgave the rich people. And then they outgave. <laughs> and then Paul's like, Paul's like, you know, it's been a year. And uh no. <laughs> anything else has come in. So this is why he says in verse three, it's interesting. All right. So verse three, but I'm sending these brothers to be sure you are really ready as I have been telling them and that your money is all collected. I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. We would be embarrassed not to mention your own embarrassment. If some Macedonian believers came with me and found that you weren't really uh, ready after all that I had told you about them. So I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready, but I want to be willing gift, not one given grudgingly. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seconds. Oh, just seeds. lost my place there. Um, a farmer plants only a few seeds. Yeah, seeds. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop, which is a principle throughout Scripture. You must not decide in your heart how much to give, but and don't give... You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. It seems like this principle that God gives us enough to take care of our own needs, but he also gives us more than enough so that we can use a portion of that to be a blessing to others and to his work. Yeah. Why don't you pick up from there in verse 9? As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor, and their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that when you can always so that you can always be generous. And when we take your, your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. 
So two good things will result from your ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express mm. their thanks to God. Yeah. Which is kind of a cool thing. He's saying, by your giving, not only will you get the blessing of giving, but you're being a blessing to others that they then, yeah. they, they will wind up giving gratitude to God for the gift that you give. This reminds me of when my daughter was maybe um, a year and a half, two years old, and we went to an ice cream place. And I gave her ice cream. You know, she picked out ice cream, which is like blue moon. Everything's blue with her. And yeah. So um, not not the beer blue moon, but the, <laughs> yeah. the, the ice cream the blue moon. Ice cream moon. was blue moon, yes. <laughs> and so she she took the ice cream. She had a big bowl of ice cream, you know, at the table. And I sat down next to her. I was like, I, you know, and I didn't really want any because I don't like that ice cream. I was like, oh, I want some. And she's in a grouchy mood. No, daddy, no. I was like, well, I'm not going to let her get away with that. So I made her give me a spoonful. Mm. After she gave me the first spoonful of ice cream, I could see the demeanor on her face completely change from being grumpy to being just mm. joyful. Yeah. Why? Because she's being generous now with her ice cream. And it's not even her ice cream. I gave her the freaking yeah. ice cream <laughs> in the first place. But it just reminded me of how often I do that, that God gives me these resources. And yet when I do just release them yeah. back to him, there's just something that my countenance changes. Yeah, it, it changes us. I <laughs> You telling me that story reminds me of the Happy Meals because... Most of you know that that my wife and I, Linda and I, watched our grandkids on Mondays. Now they're in school now, so not. But And for a number of years, we just had them every Monday. And it was just our routine that I would go to McDonald's and get them happy meals for the evening meal before you picked them up. And oftentimes you would show up right when they're eating their happy meals. And I love French fries, but they're not good for me. So I'm, I'm happy just to have like three, you know, one from each. But there was one of your daughters, same daughter, actually. <laughs> she, w- she would initially, she'd go, hey, this is my. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I would Dart say, hey, just where do you think those French fries came from? And I would go through this whole long spiel. And just so you know, I am the Lord of the fries. <laughs> <laughs> well, after that, and I made, I made, you know, I had a lot of fun with it. After that, she would be the first one, that daughter would be the first one to say, Papa, one of my French fries, one of my French yeah. fries. <laughs> There's something about the joy of that habit that kicks yeah. in. Yeah. And so having said all that, we are going into a Between the Lines giving campaign. We would like <laughs> for you to give to Between the Lines to keep yeah. this ministry going. Yeah, so we can do maybe a Between the Lines cruise. What, what maybe? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, <laughs> we're not doing any of that. No. All right. Not was while I my reading? dad's around. I think I was reading, right? Once we kick my dad off the podcast, we'll be doing that. Yeah, because I can't even remember where, where, where I was reading <laughs> Verse right now. 13. Okay. <laughs> As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. So here he's saying it, it's a blessing to both the recipient as well as the giver. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. That's the gospel. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. So he's pointing out, this is going to be such a blessing to you and such a blessing to them. And then verse 15, and this is this was the opening question. Who is it is the greatest example and inspiration for your generosity? This is what he says in verse 15. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words, speaking of the gospel. Yeah. It's what Jesus did for us. He is the greatest example of generosity for, yep. for all well, of us. And you, I, I once heard somebody say, you are never more like Jesus than when you do something for someone who can never repay you. Mm. And it's essentially what Paul is saying here is I want you to give to the church in Jerusalem and who knows, maybe they'll be able to repay you, but the fact that they probably won't be able to, yeah. at least in this life. And so why don't you just be like Jesus? Cause that's what Jesus did for yeah. you. And that's what we do for others. Hmm.
We are in Psalm 1, what is it, Psalm 142 and 43. All right, Psalm 1, is that it? No, I'm 143 sorry. 143 and 144. It's okay. just 144. 144, verse 15, which is the last verse of the psalm, says, yes, happy are those who have it like this. He had just gone through speaking of how God was a refuge for him, that he could rest in God. Happy are those who have it like this, that have that refuge in God. Happy indeed are those whose God is the Lord. Hmm. I've heard people say, God doesn't want you happy. He wants you holy. I'm sorry. I disagree. God just wants, he wants you happy. He knows that the things you try to do to make you happy won't. Right. But he wants you happy. Your happiness is only going to be found in him. Find your happiness in God. That's the only true lasting happiness that anyone could ever find. We call that a false dichotomy. And I think sometimes Christians can kind of get caught up in those false dichotomies. It's like, no, you can be happy and holy. Yes. And don't tell a kid that. I remember hearing that as a kid. Happy or holy. I was like, I don't know. I kind of want to be happy. Because that holiness, if it looks like you, boring and... (laughs) Oh, and the other line is... God doesn't want you happy, he, but, but he wants you joyful. Joy is a deeper sense than happiness is circumstantial. Happiness depends on what happens. And right. honestly, I've said that, you know, I said that years ago. But then I looked it up in the dictionary. And both the, 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 the English word, happiness and joy, they're just synonyms. Yeah, they mean the same, same thing. Yeah, right, right. And as well as the Greek words in the New Testament, or there isn't a difference between Hebrew words, between happiness and joy. It's all the same. Hmm. It's just... He doesn't want us looking towards circumstantial, circumstantial, shallow things for happiness because it won't produce long-term happiness. Yeah. He wants us to look to him. Yep. All right. Well, hey, it's weekend. It's the weekend. It's Friday. Yeah. So, so we want you in church and read. Read when you're not, you don't get between the lines over the weekend. Absolutely. And make it a good Friday today. See you on Monday. Monday.